الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الا بذكر الله تطمئن القلوب صدق الله العظيم most respected students of deen mothers and sisters every single person is unanimous on one aspect that every person wants to be happy nobody wants to be sad nobody wants to be grieved nobody wants to be miserable nobody wants to be in a negative state of mind we all want to be happy we want to be enjoying life so in this everybody is unanimous that they want to have happiness they want to have peace they want to have tranquility the issue is that where is this to be found everybody wants it they are looking for it but unfortunately many are trying to find it where it will never be found the incident of ibrahim bin adham rahmatullah alayhi we discussed some time previously he was a king there are several incidents that are mentioned that became the means of his life turning around he was a king but a person who was not so involved in his deeni commitments he was somebody that was somewhat a little lax in his deen but then allah taala brought about the situation where he totally gave up the dunya gave up his kingdom and he left all the luxuries and material things that he possessed and he devoted himself to the worship of allah taala without any of these material possessions so any case one of the incidents that have been mentioned regarding what brought about his turn in life that he was one day in the palace and while in the palace he hears a sound on the roof so he asked somebody to go and check up the, the guards or whoever to check up what is the problem who is on the roof why is the sound coming from the somebody on the roof so they checked up and they found one person walking there so they arrested him brought him through so ibrahim bin adham rahmatullah alayhi he is the king and he was very upset he asked him what are you doing on the roof of the palace so this person replied and said that i lost my camel so i am looking for my camel now to start off with how is that camel going to get onto the palace grounds there's so much of uh, security whatever else then if it gets onto the palace grounds also but to get onto the roof it must be a camel that has wings so obviously there was no such camel that has wings now this was actually some divine help that allah taala had sent in any case now when ibrahim bin adam heard this answer that this person says i am looking for my camel 
So he became very upset at him and he said, where are you going to find your camel on the roof of the palace? That camel would have got lost somewhere out in the jungle, on the roadside, wherever it is. So it's lost somewhere on the roadside, it's lost in the jungle and you're looking for it here on the roof of the palace. Is something wrong with you? How can you ever find it here? So now this was his question, how can you ever find the camel here on the roof of the palace? So this person replied and said, that likewise, just as I cannot find my camel here on the roof of the palace, how can you find Allah Ta'ala in the midst of all these things that you are caught up in? That you have made this luxury of life your object and purpose, and as long as you are attached to this as your object and purpose, then where are you going to find Allah Ta'ala? This answer struck Ibrahim bin Adham very deeply. It really shook him, so to say. And this also eventually led to him finally forsaking the whole kingdom and devoting himself to the worship of Allah Ta'ala. It is mentioned regarding him that after some time, after he had abandoned his kingdom, etc., and he went away in the jungles and in very, very simple clothing and he was just out in the jungle doing whatever ibadat he could so some ministers, some wazirs they finally decided, look we must go and look for him and tell him please come back and take charge of the kingdom so when they went after searching for him, they finally found him at this river bank and they spoke to him, tried to convince him please come back and look at how you are living here in this kind of such difficult things, there can't be any good facilities here, you are in the jungle. So they tried to now convince him to come because he'll have a very comfortable life in the palace and here he's under such kind of constraints and it must be really difficult and really miserable. Allah Ta'ala deals with his servants according to the sacrifice that they make for Allah Ta'ala. How much they please Allah Ta'ala, accordingly Allah Ta'ala deals with them. Now these are things that have been recorded in history. So if a person doesn't want to believe in it, then he must say that history is not believable. Then he must strike off all history. Then he must, he must say all the history that is in, done in schools also is not believable. So some people have this, unfortunately, they have this disease that anything that doesn't appeal to their mind, it must be wrong. Whereas if is it that their mind is able to perceive and understand everything? Just because they cannot understand it, there were many deviant groups. One deviant group, they started rejecting Hadith Sharif. Why? They said, now many of the Hadith we can't understand. This doesn't make, Billah, doesn't make sense to us. Now because it doesn't make sense to them, so they started rejecting whatever doesn't make sense to them. The question is, how much of sense do they have? That they are now starting to judge the Hadith Sharif and measure it with the yardstick of their thinking. So if their thinking cannot, under, cannot measure up, so how are they going to be able to... So whatever doesn't measure up to their thinking, that must be wrong. Now this itself is such a flawed and such a corrupted way of thinking about something, that if I can't understand it, then it's not right. Now the little child who is in grade 1, grade 2, he's learning still 1 plus 1 is 2 and 2 plus 2 is 4, 
So now somebody is explaining to him something about algebra. And 2x and 4y is equal to z and whatever else. So now that child is saying that this, what is this all this? This doesn't make sense to me. How can this be correct? Because I cannot understand it. So what will be told to him? That you are still doing 1 plus 1 and 2 plus 2. This is part of high school maths. Now when you will come there, then you will understand it. For now, you just accept it. So there is a lot that we don't know about. What we know is a minute fraction. And we cannot expect to judge what Allah is Nabi has given us in the light of our understanding and our deficient thinking. We have to submit wholeheartedly to what has been given to us in the Quran and Sunnah. And then likewise, there are certain things Allah Ta'ala makes manifest from time to time. Allah Ta'ala makes apparent. These are things recorded in history that it happened. We have to accept it. So we digressed from this point that Ibrahim bin Adam was sitting there at the bank of this river and these people, wazirs, ministers came and they're trying to convince him, you come back and they're trying to tell him all this enjoyment he will have in the palace and he must come back and not he staying here on this river bank and he has to fish for his food. So Ibrahim bin Adam at that time was busy patching one garment of his. It was torn, he was sitting with a needle and thread. Now can you imagine a king, person was a king, he is deliberately opting for this way of life. Now he saw something. So now while he was patching this garment and these people came and now they are giving him all this talk. So what he did was, now he needed to tell them, look, enough is enough now, you carry on. But to, they won't take a listening, so now he needed to make it clear to them that look, you don't know what you are talking about, I know something else. What he did was, he threw that needle that he was using to patch that garment, took it and threw it into the river. After having thrown it into the river, now that obviously the needle sank into the water, he then addressed the fish in that river. Just as a general, that river or dam, whatever it was, he addressed the fish, meaning he's talking, he's talking to the fish. The fish are inside deep, he says, please I want my needle. So suddenly a very big number of fish all suddenly surfaced with their heads sticking out of the water and each one of them was holding a golden needle in its mouth. Ibrahim and Adam again addressed those fish and said, this is not my needle. I want my needle, the one that I threw into the river. After a while, one fish popped its head out and it had, had the needle of Ibrahim and Adam in its mouth. He bent over and he picked that needle out. Now these wazirs saw this and they were shocked. This is a karamat. It's a miracle that Allah Ta'ala allows to be manifest at the hands of a pious person. This is not the criteria for a person's piety. This is not something that if a person cannot perform some karamat and some supernatural act, then there's some deficiency in his iman, there's some deficiency in his deen. No, not at all. In fact, our akabir, they used to try and prevent people who had this kind of ability of karamat, prevent them from even showing it. Hazrat used to say, Karamat, Karomat. In Urdu, he used to use the play of words. That Karamat, Karomat. That Karamat, don't do it. 
Because this is something which is not the objective. It's something Allah Ta'ala blesses some people with. But many people then get carried away with this in a manner where that if somebody can do something supernatural, they're not even interested in whether that person has deen in him or not. Because some of these supernatural things can be acquired via some exercises. And these are very strenuous exercises that people do. But over time when they do these exercises, reciting certain things, undertaking certain kind of mujada. So this, even if a sinful person does these exercises, in time he'll be able to acquire that extra ability. But that doesn't make it anything. So in any case, we get carried away by these things. And that should not be the case. So Ibrahim bin Adham, rahmatullahi, he, Allah Ta'ala made this miracle, this, this karamat become apparent at his hands and the wazir's eyes opened out. That we thought something else, but here there is a different situation altogether. But now Allah Ta'ala blessed him with this kind of karamat. And Allah Ta'ala blessed him with this great honor. Because he had sacrificed accordingly. He gave up the whole kingdom. And he devoted himself to Allah Ta'ala. After having sacrificed the kingdom. So when he sacrificed the kingdom and came. Allah Ta'ala also blessed him accordingly. Al-Mushahada biqadril mujahada Allah Ta'ala blesses a person he sees according to what he sacrificed. So likewise, we are also often tempted to do different things, go to different places, talk funny things, and whatever other things that tempt us, look at things which are not correct for us, but now a person in the midst of all these temptations sacrifices it. And he comes to Allah Ta'ala. says, I am not going to be involving myself in these things. Sometimes a person is being tempted by the phone. The person says, I am not going to touch this. Switches it off, puts it far away, moves away from there. I am not going to get involved in any wrong. And not this, this phone is not going to, I'm not going to allow it to distract me. Sometimes a person is being invited to some haram place, some haram function, some kind of haram activity, some place where the commands of Allah Ta'ala are going to be violated. There's going to be intermingling of men and women there. There's going to be photography there. There's going to be all kinds of other things which are impermissible. Now somebody is going and they're insisting you come along. But now the person who wants that closeness of Allah Ta'ala, wants that happiness... Because that happiness, we started off discussing, in fact, we just drifted away from the topic. This person now, Ibrahim bin Adham rahmatullahi had given that answer to him, or rather this person gave him that answer, that if you say that I cannot find the camel on the roof of the palace, likewise, where you are going to find Allah Ta'ala in the midst of all these things that have distracted you. Now, this was the point we were actually discussing, that everybody is looking for happiness. Everybody is looking for that tranquility. Everybody is looking for peace. Everybody is looking for that serenity. Everyone wants that calmness in their lives. Everybody wants to be in a state of positivity. So we all want this, but like that person looking for that camel on top of the roof, we also unfortunately generally 
looking for this happiness where it does not exist. That person is looking for it, that camel on the roof, it became a big joke. How can you be looking for the camel on the roof? Though this was something that Allah Ta'ala had sent this person in this form, Allah knows best, was it an insan, was it an angel in human form? But this was a means for the hidayat of Ibrahim in Adam Rahmatullah But the lesson nevertheless it gives us, that just as Ibrahim in Adam asked him, that can you find a camel here? Likewise, can we find happiness in haram? Will it ever come? That is like trying to find that camel on top of the roof. It will never happen. So to look for happiness in haram, this is an impossibility. To look for happiness in haram, Jahannam mein talash kar rahe ho, jannat ki khab hai. One quote in his one couplet he says, that, are you looking for peace in sin? You're looking for peace in sin. What is the example of this? It's like a person looking for the bed of Jannat, the comfort of Jannat. Where is he looking for it? He's looking for it in Jahannam. That in Jahannam he must have a bed of Jannat. Will that happen? Jahannam is Jahannam. There's no bed of Jannat in Jahannam. The bed of Jannat is in Jannat. Now a person who is looking for happiness in sin, he's looking for peace in sin, then such a person is trying to actually look for comfort in Jahannam. That will never happen. But this is dunya. Dunya is a very deceptive place. This place is mata'ul ghurur. This place is a place of deception. A person gets deceived in dunya. It deceives us in so many ways. Dunya makes a person feel that don't worry, you keep earning me and I will secure you. Then you set for life. But now meanwhile, now shaitan, shaitan and nafs and this dunya engrossed him in the dunya so much that he forgot Allah Ta'ala. He forgot his deen. He forgot making an effort for deen. He forgot all his obligations. He forgot the rights of people. He forgot how to try and help people and make them comfortable help them to learn deen, help them to guide them towards Allah Ta'ala. Forgot all that, because he got so engrossed in dunya, that became his whole object of life. He forgot his salah also. Forgot tilawat of the Quran Sharif. Forgot zikr, forgot dua. So now this dunya is now giving this promises. Don't worry, you carry on. You keep earning me, you keep amassing me. And don't worry, I will take care of everything. This wealth, this dunya keeps giving this kind of false promise. And then what happened suddenly? Suddenly now this person's eyes are closing now. Death has started coming. So now everything gets left behind. All those promises dunya made. Don't worry, I will sort you out for life. There's no life left now. now this is that mata'ul ghurur. Sometimes it deceives him that in his very lifetime he's gone to somebody else. And sometimes he has to, it's all there, but he has to leave and go. So what benefit it came to him? So likewise, in sin, this is the deception. That sin from outside, it is very, very tempting, appealing. It beckons a person. It gives the false notion of happiness. It gives the deceptive covering of peace, of tranquility. But when a person gets into it, then this starts making everything miserable. Many a person, they have 
explain their own experience. And this is not one or two people, many, many people. They explain their own experience. That, For example, now a person, he is caught up in some sin. He's caught up in some sin and he's carrying on. Secretly, quietly, he's doing some haram. Uh, he's committing that haram somewhere. But now suddenly his life is becoming a misery. How? For example now, now on the same note we must bear this in mind, that it doesn't mean that if this example is given, then anybody who does something similar, it is because, na'uzubillah, that person is committing some haram. Sometimes it's just a lack of akhlaq. Sometimes it's just some other issue. But sometimes we're talking about the people who had this experience themselves, what their experience was. So this is not a rule. We shouldn't now start generalizing things. But nevertheless now, this is the experience of several people, many people. They see that now they were indulging in some haram somewhere and they're carrying on quietly indulging in that sin. But what started happening, their whole life started becoming miserable. Why? Now, for example, one person says that he just carried on becoming very, very sort of intolerant of anyone and everyone around him. Whether it is his family, whether at his work, whether out in the... Anybody, some small thing also which doesn't really even irritate the average person. But that would become a very major irritant for him. With his family, he's just snapping all the time. With people at work, he just cannot tolerate them. His staff, etc. He's just becoming enraged for the smallest mistakes they are making. And now, what is the end result of this? That whether he's at work, he's miserable because he's not fighting with everyone at work. He comes home, he's miserable because he's fighting with everybody at home. He goes outside, he just can't tolerate anybody. He's in the masjid, he's got a problem with someone there. Wherever he is, things are just not working out. And life carried on, unfortunately, in the same way for a while. Then it dawned upon him that this haram that I'm doing, this is the effect, all this misery is the effect of this haram. So with the tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala, he made tawbah and he gave up that haram. He stopped that sin. He stopped that sin and he suddenly found a calm coming into him. He found things starting to turn for the better. Things becoming positive. And now, he himself was calm within himself, so he's not getting irritated very quickly. He's not snapping at everyone around him. He started making some zikr, tilawat, etc. So this gave him that inner strength. Now his life started becoming a happy one. His life started becoming a pleasure. Now outwardly, everybody was irritating him. That is why his life was miserable. Whether at work, whether at home, whether out on the street somewhere, whether in the masjid, he's driving on the road, everybody suddenly is irritated. Every person that's driving past him is an irritant. As somebody said, that when a person is driving, many a times, every person who is driving slower than him, then there's something wrong with him. That on this road now he's driving at this speed. So anyone driving slower than him, then that person doesn't belong on the road. And anybody that's driving faster than him, that person is a maniac. So only he is right. So he's either getting irritated by the slow person or by the fast person. Now somebody's going to be slower, somebody's going to be faster. 
So all that is now going to irritate him. And everything that irritates him is going to make him miserable. Whereas, the person driving slower will carry on driving slower. He must carry on on his road. The person driving faster, that's his problem. But now he will be getting irritated by everybody. He'll have a negative comment for everyone. He'll have something to say negatively about the smallest thing. The end result, the end result is he's miserable. But now this person says that he gave up that guna, he made toba, he started making zikr, tilawat, started doing righteous actions, performing all his salah regularly. Now his life suddenly started changing positively. There's a calm within him, there's a spiritual strength within him, he is no more snapping around, so as a result, he is also getting goodness from everyone. Now, how did this happen? That a person became obedient to Allah Ta'ala. And this is what in the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala says, وَمَنْ يَعْمَلْ مِنَ الصَّالِحَاتِ مِنْ ذَكَرٍ أَوْ أُنْثَى وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنٍ فَلَنُحْيِيَنَّهُ حَيَاةً طَيِّبًا That whosoever, male or female, does righteous actions together with Iman, then will give them a good life this peace, this tranquility. Part of this good life is tawfiq of amal, the tawfiq of righteousness, the tawfiq to stay away from sin. This is that good life. <coughs> and when a person adopts this, then it is not dependent on the means. With or without the means, Allah Ta'ala gives the person peace, gives the person contentment, gives the person that true happiness. And now this is what we are all looking for. But like that person looking for the camel on the roof, we too are looking for this happiness where it doesn't lie. Somebody is looking for this happiness in drugs. How can that ever give a person happiness? It will just keep making things worse and make a person more miserable. Now one is the drug that people smoke. Generally, anybody who has been saved from this, and Allah Ta'ala save us all. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. This is a terrible calamity. This is something which is extremely, extremely dangerous, extremely harmful, extremely destructive. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us and save one and all. But generally, those of us who have been saved from this, and may Allah Ta'ala keep us protected from it forever, those who have been caught up in this kind of thing, Allah Ta'ala give them also the means to get out of it and protect them and save them. But we generally look down upon these people as write-offs. Now on the one hand, we can never condone the sin. That sin is a sin. That intoxicant is a terrible haram. It's an evil. It must be condemned. The sin must be condemned. We can't condone the sin. But we will not write off the sinner. We cannot write off anybody. We don't know our own situation. Where are we going to write off somebody else? We will love the person for the sake of Allah Ta'ala, for his iman, and we will still try to do what we can to help him come out of that. We will hate the sin, but we will love the mu'min, and we will try to guide him, help him to do what, he, what we can to help him come out of that evil. So, on the one hand, we will look down very, very seriously upon somebody who is caught up in this kind of thing that he's taking drugs. Because this is now, he's addicted to drugs. So we regard this as a very major thing. And it is a major thing. And rightly so, that we regard it as such. But then sometimes, while we are busy looking down upon others for their drug taking, 
which is wrong, we shouldn't be looking down upon the person, we should be looking down upon the sin. But while we are busy looking down at people for that drug taking, how many drugs we are caught on? Some people are on the drug of the phone, the drug of social media. These are addictions people are on to. The drug of whatever they are watching on that phone, on the internet, they are on the drug of so many different things. Things which are harmful, which are destructive. And people are caught up into it. But that is not something that we take, give any care to think about, that how dangerous this is, how harmful this is, how severe this is. No, we just carry on with life like nothing happened. So, this is something which needs to be, that we need to take note of, we need to be careful about, that what are we doing, where are we looking for that happiness, we all want that happiness. So we need to take these drugs out of our life. Just as that person who is looking for happiness in drugs, we tell the person, you are insane. How can you ever find happiness in drugs? You can only find misery in that drug. So the same question we have to ask ourselves. Allah forbid, if we are caught up in any of the other drugs, that how can you ever find happiness by getting caught up in the social media, in the evils of it? How can you ever find happiness by getting caught up in all these other, the drug of the phone, and the drug of the internet, and the drug of all these other things, this YouTube and whatever else goes along with it, the drug of fashion, that now I must be dressed in this way, I must have, have that, and now many times some young girls who have now started deciding to go into parda and to adopt the niqab and dress in an Islamic way, etc., but now they have these kind of doubts. But then the fun will be gone. We are going to have the fun then. Then I will have to be wearing this kind of plain garments and my cousins and friends and relatives and whoever, they are going to be smartly dressed. That smartly is in very big inverted commas. What actually that smart means in the context of what is generally the smart of this time and age, that we can just replace that word smart with that everybody else will be shaitanly dressed. And I'll be missing out, Nauzubillah. Missing out on the way of shaitan. And now we're getting grieved about that. We should be extremely happy. Allahu Akbar. Allah Ta'ala blessed me to dress in a way that He is pleased with. Allah Ta'ala blessed me with the tawfiq to dress in a way that resembles and it comes close to the way of the dressing of the azwaj mutahharat the sahabiyat, in the sense of modest dressing, which completely covers the body, which is loose, which doesn't show the figure of the body in any way. Now this is that tawfiq that came from Allah Ta'ala. One should be extremely happy about this. One should not have any reservations for this. One should be wholeheartedly accepting that. But now shaitan will come and put all these kinds of thoughts and doubts. Now everybody else will be seeming to be having fun and I will be just now sitting aside because I can't be wearing that لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم This is all the waswasa of shaitan that somebody else is going to be shaitanly dressed and I go to follow suit otherwise I'm going to be missing out Na'uzubillah We got saved, not missing out We got saved from a terrible harm We got saved from the displeasure of Allah Ta'ala we could save from the disgrace of the day of Qiyamat. 
because saved from the disgrace of the qabr and even in dunya so this is the thing that we are all looking for that happiness but where is that happiness to be found it is only available and found in the obedience of Allah Ta'ala Allah bi-zikrillahi tatma'innul qulub that verily in the obedience of Allah Ta'ala zikrillah the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala essentially is the obedience of Allah Ta'ala a person who is obedient to Allah Ta'ala he is remembering Allah Ta'ala now a person is being tempted to look at something he says no I'm not going to look so now he is being obedient to Allah Ta'ala why he didn't look because he was conscious of Allah Ta'ala person is being tempted to speak something wrong say now I'm going to hold my tongue is that not the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala? Why I'm holding my tongue? Because Allah Ta'ala is displeased with this haram talk, with this ghibad, with this mockery of somebody, teasing somebody in a way that hurts them, hurts their feelings, or doing things that causes taklif to others. Now why is he not doing those things? Because Allah Ta'ala is displeased with that. Now this is the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. So now to the extent that a person is obedient to Allah Ta'ala, to that extent he is remembering Allah Ta'ala. And in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala is peace of the hearts. The hearts get peace by this, in this way and this way only. So now we want peace, we want the tranquility, we want to be happy, we don't want to be miserable, we don't want to be in a state of dejectedness, we want to be happy and comfortable within ourselves, then we will have to turn to Allah Ta'ala. We will have to adopt the way of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We will have to start bringing the sunnats alive within us in our homes, in our lives, in everything, we start practicing on the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa every sunnah is filled with nur, and every sunnah that we will practice on, will bring this nur alive in our hearts, and to the extent we have our hearts lit with this nur, this light will make us comfortable, it will make us happy, it will make us tranquil, it will make us feel very very much at ease, that restlessness will go, that zikr of Allah Ta'ala that we will make, that subhanallah we will decide, alhamdulillah, la ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar, oh the very very great tasbih and zikr, la hawla wa la quwwata illa billahi al-ali al-azim. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is reported in the Hadith Sharif that he said regarding this, that it is the cure for 99 ailments, aysaruha alham, the least of these 99 is the illness of ham, Ham in Arabic means Al-Ghammul Ladi Yuzibul Insan That grief which actually melts up a person He is so grieved now he can't even think, can't talk The person is getting depressed So the excessive recitation of La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah Consciously Thinking of its meaning And this is unfortunately what happens We have some negative thought that comes in our mind Now we keep circling that thought over and over again we're thinking about the same thing. What is going to benefit us? Think about the blessings of Allah Ta'ala. Think about the rahmat of Allah Ta'ala. Think about the innumerable favors Allah Ta'ala has showered upon us. And engage in the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. Engage in the zikr of La hawla wa la quwwata illa billahi al-ali al-azim. This is a very very great zikr. Nabi Sallallahu says, Kanzum min kunuzil jannah. This is a treasure from among the treasures of jannah. The unlimited treasures of Jannah, this is one of the treasures of Jannah. So now a person who will consciously, repeatedly recite La hawla wa la quwwata illa billahi al-ali al-azim, this too is a very great remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. 
And the main remembrance is the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. Now this happiness will come inshallah. This tranquility and all the good will come. So this is what we have to now start focusing on. We focus towards the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. We focus on finding this happiness where it lies. Not where it is not there. In this way inshallah we will be happy in dunya also. We will start getting happiness in those challenges where we have to suppress our nafs. We'll start feeling happy about it. Alhamdulillah. We'll feel so happy. Allah Ta'ala saved me. Everybody was dragging me in that haram place. Allah Ta'ala saved me. Allahu Akbar. What? How merciful my Allah is with me, upon me. That Allah Ta'ala saved me from such a terrible disgrace, such a terrible harm. The person won't feel left out. But there is a sacrifice initially. And we carry on, this becomes the condition then that the person gets saved from haram, the person feels happy about it. And in any case, if a person feels some pain on the heart at that time, that too is not a problem. That we're taking that pain for the sake of Allah Ta'ala, that too is a very big thing. The person is feeling the strong urge and temptation, but the person did not give in to that. And the person remained steadfast and allowed the heart to break for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. That heart too will get the sweetness of Iman. So therefore this is something that we should now be focusing on. Don't get caught up in the sideline issues. Don't get caught up with all these temptations and distractions. We turn towards Allah Ta'ala and inshallah we'll see how Allah Ta'ala will open the doors for us. Allah Ta'ala bless one and all. Keep us steadfast on Iman. Take us on Iman and raise us on the day of Qiyamah with Iman. وآخر دعوانا الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جز الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير واجعل عواقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترضى اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترضى واجعل آخرتنا خيرا من الأولى اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد لله رب العالمين